buddy. Welcome to A Serious Radio Live, the hour of truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Welcome to Body, Mind, Spirit Radio Live. Today is February 18th, 2014, and you are listening to Ethereus Radio Live, which comes to you every third Tuesday at 1 p.m. Today's subject is the nine freedoms, and without further ado, I would like to welcome hosts Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Well, thank you, Hi, Chrissy. Hi there, Richard. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Just been to the dentist. Yeah, that's right. A little bit frozen, but I can speak, oh. which is a good thing, doing a radio show. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well done. It always well done. helps. We'll all send yeah, you healing, a... all listeners of Ethereus Radio Live. Oh, goodness me, I might disappear. Smoking shoes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> With all these powerful people. Thank you so much for the thought. Mm. So um, we're ready to begin, are we, Richard? We are. So we, we are on to the fourth freedom aren't we Uh, we missed you last month it was mark and myself and of course up to that we were going through this i think both of our favorite books chrissy the nine freedoms absolutely and uh, the nine freedoms is probably the most important book that listeners could ever read because it's our journey through evolution and the steps we must take on that journey and so far we've heard the first three, which are very, very important steps because they lead to the fourth, which is the one we're talking about today, enlightenment. And the first steps for those who are listening for the first time, the first step for all of us is bravery. And uh, the second is love, the dispensation of pure love. And the third is service. And this is enlightenment today. Exactly. And well, one thing I would say that this, along with the 12 blessings, which we covered last year in depth, are really the two Bibles, as it were, of the Ethereus Society, and therefore of Ethereus Radio Life. And they are, they are very different. It's quite interesting. Although the teachings are, are the same, they don't contradict, contradict each other at all, uh, they are two different sort of focuses, tones, approaches, to the all-encompassing truth. And between the two, we're very lucky in the Ethereum Society to have both of them, the 12 blessings delivered by the Master Jesus, of course, uh, a Venusian master of great love, of, of great, a great and wonderful teacher. Um, and, of course, the, the nine freedoms delivered by uh, Mars Sector 6, um, a, a great scientist, a Martian intelligence, as the name would suggest, and also, of course, a master of great precision, and strategy and bring these two together uh, the two energies together and we, we're very lucky to have this fantastic balance between the two different emphasis same teachings absolutely and of course the books are not just available through the Ethereum society and also on amazon.com but also you can uh, obtain the actual transmissions, the messages as they were given as well from the Ethereum Society. So this is a wonderful Indeed. thing. And it's interesting, Indeed, I know you yes. believe in signs, Richard. What do you make of this one? Uh, as I was preparing for the show today, come back from the dentist, first thing I did, look at my emails before the show. The, mm-hmm. the email that popped right in front of me said, Enlightenment, Love and Politics. 
What do you make of that one? <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, would that they were all the same, all three. Um, yeah, that's very interesting indeed. And, and actually, it's interesting you mention that because this very day, uh, we've been doing spiritual energy radiator runs for the uh, negotiations, talking of politics, that are going on in, in Vienna, in Austria, in Europe, of course, um, today for the reduction of nuclear uh, power in Iran and the reduction of sanctions against Iran. And um, you, we have, of course, there Russia, China, Britain, other countries, and Iran. And so, you know, we believe that it's love energy mm. that can really influence uh, the political leaders of this world to bring an enlightened result. Let's hope uh, we see that. Yeah, so let's bring this uh, enlightenment and love ever more to politics. I don't believe that was the subject of the email, but I think the heading was very, very interesting. And, well, it's uh, interesting the first right word on. being enlightenment, and here we are mm -hmm. talking enlightenment, hopefully. Yeah. So let's uh, proceed, shall we, with no Please further do. ado. And um, mm -hmm. I, I have to say that, Richard, I'm absolutely, and this is for all the listeners, I'm absolutely not qualified to talk about this freedom not being enlightened myself, but it is a, a process, a stage. I mean, it's, it gradually, I think, we unfold in stages. And I believe mm. I'm grappling with the first three. And <laughs> Well, I think I you're being very humble. I mean, I'm certainly not fully enlightened. Uh, but I think, you know, let's, I, I've seen many of the... The way you've led your life, Chrissy, is a very enlightened... You've made very enlightened choices... Um, no question about it, and actions and dedication. So there are many, many uh, levels, as you say, of enlightenment. And compared to many people on this planet, you're very enlightened, I think. Well, I was, certainly wasn't uh, leading up to that. Thank you so much, Richard. But I, <laughs> but I would agree with you that neither of us has, has entered the ultimate stage of enlightenment. Far from it. We're very fortunate, both of us, to have known somebody who did and to whom enlightenment was... I mean, he had to proceed and do all the steps that it takes to bring it about, which were extremely demanding upon him. But in a way, he was so advanced, as Mark and I were discussing last month, that enlightenment was almost a, not common or garden, but a, you know, an everyday event for a master of the caliber of, of Dr. George King, who wrote, of course, the commentary on, on the Nine Freedoms. Absolutely, yes. Fantastic. I thought I think it's worth uh, just drawing attention to the commentary because if you have the book, or indeed if you have his lectures, which are also available on CD, you have fantastic insights in addition to uh, the, the main tech, which we're going to be going through on Ethereum Radio Live. Absolutely. And uh, I, there was one quote from Master's lecture that really struck me, and I'd love to share that later on when we get to that point because it really is fantastic. Mm -hmm as Good. he makes so many fantastic points from his mm. elevated status of an enlightened uh, master that he was. Mm. So let's, um, I shall uh, read the actual transmission and then pause in certain places. And Richard, of course, if you want me to pause at any time, please feel free to stop me. Right. Will do. Thank you. So as Richard introduced this transmission, this cosmic message was delivered through Dr. George King in 1961 by an elevated cosmic intelligence, uh, Lord of Karma, as we know, entitled, or sorry, um, with the pseudonym of Mars Sector 6. 
And he begins this by saying, this is Mars Sector 6 reporting from satellite number 3, now in magnetization orbit Terra. During magnetization period number 1, present phase. The fourth freedom will be enlightenment. Freedom from ignorance can be brought about by all terrestrials who are willing to expend sufficient energy to bring this elevated state into being. There is but one major sin upon terror. That is ignorance. Oh, it's very encouraging, isn't it, Chrissy, that um, you know, it's not something that's restricted to the few. It's something that we can all do. And the only requirement is to expend sufficient energy. That's where we, we people on Earth, terrestrial people, if you like, often fall down through laziness. And there are some teachers who make it sound very easy. You know, that, that all you've got to do is relax and uh, then you'll be in this wonderful state. And, of course, one thing you can guarantee with teachings like that is that, that they won't take you to enlightenment. They might take you to a sort of semi-peaceful state for a while, but not true enlightenment. Um, that's brought about by effort and energy, but we can all do it. And that's, I think, very encouraging. Absolutely. And uh, this is a part that I wanted to share from Dr. King's lectures on the subject because he just says Mm. he really gets to the core of it. And it's really what you were saying, Richard, but I'd love to share it. He says, um, after all, this is one of the greatest things that we can get. It's one of the most difficult things but we can virtually wrest it from life because it is there. Enlightenment is now waiting in the mental realms for each and every one of us. It is only up to us to reach up high enough and pull down hard enough, and we've got it. And once we've got it, we can keep hold of it. That's the point. So it's worth all our efforts. I mean, wow, that's so encouraging, isn't it? It certainly is. And it sort of brings up the point that it's, it's not like some sort of elusive, just an elusive state. It's getting rid of all the obstacles in the way of it, which is yes. really where I think you know, we go wrong on Earth, is all the complications that we introduce and all the diversions and the red herrings and all the rest of it that stops us going there. But if we just set our minds on it, went straight for it, it's there. Yes, I agree. It's a very encouraging. Waiting there. And also the, uh, the encouraging thing is once we've got it, unlike everything else, you know, which is so transient, we can mm-hmm. keep it. And, and Absolutely. So, you know, it's so and encouraging. And I think people can us. relate to that, actually, because if you have a spiritual experience, a real genuine and spiritual experience, I'm sure many of our listeners, if not virtually all of our listeners to some degree, have, ex- have had this that you know that those things stay with you. They're things that you never forget. They're things that no one can ever take away from you. Whereas the mm-hmm. material, you know, sensory-driven experiences of life are, as you say, transient. You remember them. They're nice, but they aren't real in the higher sense. Absolutely. So they aren't lasting. Absolutely. And um, I'll continue with this uh, Please do. transmission. Because in the next part, Mars Sector 6 gives some of the keys. Bravery, dispensation of pure love, service, the first three freedoms. These attributes can help the aspirant to bring enlightenment into being. Enlightenment is a result of the controlled application of specific energies and procedures towards a predetermined end. 
Absolutely. Again, again, a very precise, scientific, logical exposition. And one of the great hallmarks of Mars Sector 6 is his brevity, actually. The way he can boil down things into just a few words. And he's going to go on and tell us exactly what those procedures are uh, to bring about this predetermined end. Physical man can predetermine the end of his physical energy and cause this to be used in its best sense according to the law. That's so simple, isn't it, really? Hmm? That is so simply put, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, it, it sort of boils, again, boils it down. Physical man, in other words, any kind of physical energy. I mean, I think that would include many of the things we do, including things we're all familiar with, like diet and exercise and, and physical work, and even, in some ways, money, and, which is an energy of a kind uh, in the physical world, at least, using all of this, very simply put, according to the law in other words the law of karma and if we do that that's an essential procedure towards the predetermined end of enlightenment and it's much more of a obviously but much more of a, a, a liberating approach than thinking we have to run away from the physical body because it's you know, it's impermanent that we have to not have money uh, and so on but we if we use these things this is the key. This is a revelation, one of the many, many revelations in the nine freedoms. It certainly is, because as you know, in fact, it's worth saying that there's been these ideas, and I think they were fostered really very much in, in ancient Greece, not in the roots of ancient Greece, which were actually very mystical uh, and very focused on the Mother Earth, and then you have the, the mysticism of a Pythagoras, a great uh, teacher and, and, and master and, uh, you know, and, and exponent, actually, of ritual and many spiritual and mystical practices. But as it went down through the generations, it became more and more, as it were, purely mental, and not, as you rightly say, the whole being. And, of course, in the 18th century in Europe, you had what's the so-called Age of Enlightenment, which was a purely intellectual thing. It wasn't a, a, a question of all the, the thinkers uh, using all the energies at every level, be it physical, mental, spiritual, or whatever. It was purely an intellectual thing, and people saw enlightenment purely as an, an intellectual ability um, and a result of intellectual thought, whereas actually we're being told here it's the whole being, including the physical, is, is essential in that journey to enlightenment. Well, that's a very interesting point, Richard, and thank you for all that background. Oh. Um, I'll continue then um, with the next part. Mental man can so control his picturization so that he can direct his mental energies towards a goal which is in all wise constructive, a goal of service, of spiritual cooperation. A great beam of creative, controlled mental energy can be directed towards all terrestrials, so that those ready will be mentally transmuted by this constructive, creative beam of energy. Mental man can form those visualizations only which are constructive, which help to bring into being a transmutation of all things up to the higher plane. 
Gosh, where do you begin? I, I think the well, well, where I would begin was would be the twelve blessings, as a matter of fact, which we talked about so much. The other great teaching that we have is also, of course, the greatest practice that we have in these days, and that is really all about a great beam of creative, controlled mental energy directed towards all terrestrials and mentally transmuting. Uh, those who are ready with this constructive, creative beam of energy, as is all healing, all prayer, but all the thinking that we do as well. And you can widen that out into the field, perhaps, of the arts, the arts which are positive, which are putting out a positive visualization. We, we know of arts that are putting out uh, a visualization which is actually quite negative or is quite confused. But if it's a positive beam of, of mentally constructive energy which is being radiated in thought, in writing, in, in every field, even, yes, in politics, if we can find it anywhere in politics, then that is all part of mental man using his picturization uh, in a goal of service and spiritual cooperation. And that's something all of us can aim for, of course, because... And Dr. King, in his lecture, urges us to be diabolically honest about how we use our mental energy. Because if we are mm. honest, then uh, most of us would have to admit that there are times when we don't. But he said, make sure that it, it is something that builds, something that doesn't destroy, in other words. So uh, very, very honest. It all comes back to this knowing ourselves and being very honest with ourselves. And I'd, I'd like to give people, Chrissy, a, an exercise that Dr. King taught, and which is published in the book I was honoured to co-author with him, Realise Your Inner Potential. And, uh, in fact, that on the American edition of that, Chrissy, features a picture of you on the cover, I remember. Huh. Um, but that book, I, I think it's actually that edition might be almost out of print by now, but that particular book... Uh, has this uh, many, many, actually uh, dozens of practices in it. But one of them is a, is a practice called the mental hand practice. Mm. And this was described by Dr. King as absolutely essential. Um, and, and it's a very simple practice, and I'd like to give it to our listeners now, if I may, on, on his behalf. And that is that when you think a negative thought, as we all do from time to time, might be anger, might be frustration, it uh, might be uh, hopefully not, but it could be hateful. It could have jealousy in it. Whatever that is, we have to be very honest with ourselves. When we admit this uh, aggressive thought of, uh, uh, in a negative sense, rather than just leaving it there or following the kind of view which you do get, I'm afraid, even in some counseling circles or sort of getting it out of your system, you've got to realize that once it's out of your system, it's in the etheric system. And it's damaging. It's damaging energy to others, and it must sooner or later rebound upon you, and you have to change that line of thought. And here's an exercise you can do. Visualize that thought as hanging there in the ethers in front of you. Then visualize a mental hand coming out. You're, you're putting it there. It grabs hold of, if you like, this substance of thought energy, and brings it back into your solar plexus center. That's the, just above the navel, the stomach area, if you like. But it's the solar plexus chakra. You bring this thought back, this negative thought. Well, that's not good for you, you might say. No, it isn't. But then immediately you visualize white light 
coming down from above the head all the way down through the solar plexus and transmuting it. Or you can visualize, a practice we've taught before, the violet flame coming up from beneath your feet, from the beloved Mother Earth, that wonderful transmuting energy coming up through the feet, through the legs, and again through the solar plexus, and as it does, transmuting that negative thought. And then you'll do two things. One, you'll stop that damaging anyone else in the etheric levels, that negativity being out there, And two, you'll change your own thought patterns. You'll remove that cycle of thought. And the reaction that you will get, as we all get, from everything we do, that's the law of karma, Um, what goes around comes around, you'll transmute that and you'll change your thinking uh, as a result of that. The, the The very discipline of doing that is changing your mental approach into a more creative, constructive approach and then you'll start to live this aspect of this freedom. Well, thank you very much for sharing that, Richard. That was a great idea. And I have to say that the book, Realize Your Inner Potential, which was authored by Dr. George King and Richard Lawrence, is the most fantastic book because not only does it contain a lot of wisdom and experience and knowledge, but also it's so practical. And there's so many. It's chock-a-block full of these simple and yet very profoundly effective exercises like that one. And uh, it's a guidebook for this age, and it's one that you really have to have if you're serious about spirituality, I believe. Yeah, I think it is. It's difficult for me to say as a co-author, but I can (laughs) say it because I wasn't the author, really. That was Dr. George King, and the, the, the practices in it are the practices that he um, either taught himself or channeled himself from higher beings or knew from his own yoga practice. Some of them are very ancient, the exercises in there, and he's put them together in a safe, very usable form in any part of the world if you follow the guidelines in there, and they absolutely must work. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I know, Chrissy knows, I know, there are practices in there that we've done for decades, and some of them every day, and they absolutely do definitely work. They're very effective, they're very spiritual, they're more advanced than some of the exercises that are out there, but they are safe to do, and, uh, m- and much more effective in the long term. And they, you know, there are practices you can find, and there's lots around, which are good in one way and not in another. But these practices, and I say that because they're not perfectly balanced, and you can find them in various books and so on, and they might help you in one way and not in another way. But the practices in in this book are perfectly balanced in every respect, and they will only do you good and everybody you meet good. Absolutely. Mm. Well, I think, Richard, we can either take a break now or we can continue with this section, the next section, and I think probably we should. Have a break uh, let's, a little do, let's do that then. Yeah, let's continue. So we've talked about physical man, mental man, and the next part, psychic man can escape from his prison of psychic frustration by tasks such as the dispensation of energies upon a psycho-spiritual level, such as the rendering of spiritual healing. Of all tasks capable to psychic man, this is the most beneficial. It's interesting. It's a subject that obviously the first book I wrote was Unlock Your Psychic Powers and it's it's of great interest to me. But 
um, and I've had a lot of experience, and I know you've had a lot of experience, Chrissy, in the psychic field. But um, it's clearly stated here that the most beneficial practice of all is the rendering of spiritual healing uh, in terms of escaping from the prison of psychic frustration. And it's interesting that term frustration because there are a lot of people who, who don't perhaps even consciously realize they're psychically frustrated, but they are. And then when you start to do spiritual healing or prayer or such a practice, you feel this sense of release. But of course, the beauty of choosing spiritual healing, and, and indeed this should apply to any psychic practice you do, I believe, is that you should use it to serve others and you can really make an incredible difference in doing so. I think we've talked about healing before. I think you, you've run courses on it recently, haven't you, Chrissy? Yes, and we have three classes lined up this year, one in May, one in August, and one in October, and I'm sure you do too in, in uh, England there, Richard. Yes, so it's we something do. that we, we teach healing. It's a part of what we do in the Ethereum Society. It's one of our aims and objects to give spiritual healing, and we believe, we teach that everybody is a healer and uh, we run regular classes. And if you're listening in any part of the world, if you're near one of the headquarters branches or groups, um, I'm sure at least the headquarters and branches, there will be regular classes on teaching healing. Yes, our our next uh, one-day healing course here called You Too Can Heal, uh, a phrase, of course, that was based on the book, the classic book Dr. George King wrote, is on Saturday the 12th of April, run by Brian Craig and Noemi Perkin, two very experienced uh, teachers of healing. And that's in London, in our Aetherius Temple. That's the recommended. But also we run healing courses all over the UK and in Portugal and all in various parts of Africa. And, of course, as you rightly say, in America, New Zealand, and so on. So these, these courses are very available and highly recommended. Anyone can heal. Absolutely. And the next part of this transmission I'd like to read, Psychic man can so control the subtle universal life forces that he can bring about strict mental control. By so doing, he is capable of concentration. He I think we should pause the... there, don't you? Because that's, that's quite a thing. Um, and there's a lot we could say, I think, about this. Um, and of course, uh, we're talking here... Uh, mainly anyway, about breathing exercises. Uh, Because in breathing exercises, yoga breathing, and I I know that your husband Gary is running a a power breathing class. Is he not in the near future? Oh, yes, on Saturday, actually. This Saturday, the 22nd of February. This coming Saturday. And and Gary, of course, is a, a very, very experienced exponent and practitioner of yoga breathing and has had many very illuminating experiences as a result of it. So that's strongly recommended. We have a course over here uh, in May on yoga breathing, actually, also. um, And people can get our programs and our details. The best thing is go to uh, ethereus.org, of course, where everything is listed. um, And that's run by Eye of Malik. But the first step, of course, the absolutely crucial step and one that strangely gets passed by or not emphasized by some people is concentration. And we're given a very interesting revelation here, I think, that this is brought about by strict mental control, which is different from force, of course, strict mental control, but that's done by so controlling the subtle universal life forces. This is interesting because it's telling us that if they aren't controlled, those universal life forces, we, don't, we won't have full mental control. 
um, will be diverted from that. And uh, this is a, a key, and it's a, it's a very, very advanced one. It's not a new one, but it's a very important one indeed. I know. One thing Gary always says is that the breath is the flywheel of the mind, and I think that's a nice kind of uh, way of looking at it because it's very almost good. impossible it's almost impossible to breathe deeply and harmoniously and have your mind, you know, erratic. Because the more you, when you start to do that, then the mind calms. I mean, the two are interrelated. So this mm -hmm. is um, a wonderful thing. If you, you know, if you don't uh, practice breathing exercises, then we have some, again, Realize Your Inner Potential. is a fantastic book uh, for that. Mm -hmm. So I will and, continue and of course, with I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> no, I was just going to say there, I'd just like to throw in there this, this um, image that, uh, that Dr. King gives. And by the way, realize your inner potential is also on DVD. And some of these things are illustrated, and you can mm. see them in this very, very carefully uh, filmed DVD. Uh, and one of the things that Dr. King does to describe what you were just saying there about controlling the mind is that it's like a, a fishing line. It, it, he says it's, it's like you are the fisherman, uh, the rod is your connection with your conscious mind, and the fish is your conscious mind. And what you have to do, rather than trying to, to sort of force it, you, you throw out the line, you let the fish grab hold of the bait, if you like, and you don't immediately reel it in. You let it go out a bit, because if you did immediately reel it in, you'd lose it. You let it reel out when you're ready, then you sort of, as it were, take control and reel it in, and that's the way to catch a fish. And it's a bit like that with the conscious mind. Um, you're, you're, you're gradually reeling it in. You're using a focus, of course, for your concentration. And breathing exercises is, as we were saying, a wonderful way to do it. But so is prayer. So is mantra. So is any spiritual practice. As long as you are, without force, focusing your mind, uh, upon that thing, you, you'll find your mind flips away, then you bring it back, you, and it gradually will get, it'll start to realize, the conscious mind, that it can't win, because you're just going to bring it back, and it'll stop fighting, a bit like the fish, and then you can reel it in. In other words, yes, you're in control. Thank you for explaining mm. that, Richard. I think I'll just continue this uh, last portion of this um this part of the transmission, and then perhaps we'll have a break after that. Right, right. So continuing about psychic man, he can at this stage so enhance his concentrative abilities that he is capable of contemplation with open-minded diligence, which will bring about even greater awareness, a greater understanding, and which will begin to open the door of enlightenment. Isn't that interesting, you know, that it's actually at the stage of contemplation that we begin to open the door of enlightenment. Mm. Um, and that's interesting in itself. And, of course, contemplation is a, a fascinating and vast subject. Um, and have we got time to go into that before the break, Chrissy? Well, why not? Let's do it, shall we? <laughs> Let's do it. So... Um, Dr. King explains it. I think he gave a wonderful explanation, actually. Uh, and, and it was on a lecture he gave called Concentration, Contemplation, Meditation, which is available on CD and which I strongly recommend. And he, in it, he said that if you were to concentrate to the fullest of your extent upon a painting, let's take, I think he took a Turner 
sunset, I think it was, as, as his example. And you concentrate upon that to the fullest of your extent, then you will know the pigments of the paint. If you know about art, the form, the structure, the perspective, you, you, you'll see what kind of wood it is. You'll remember the different colors, the blending of the colors. You can analyze it as a real connoisseur of art would be able to do. And even if you're not a connoisseur of art, nevertheless, through your concentration, you can absorb many, many aspects of it. But he said, if you contemplate it, you can go beyond what's available to you on the surface of that painting. And you can start to know about the person who painted it, because you can start to receive back from the painting vibrations, impressions. This is a psychic stage in a way. And you'll start to, you could know, what prompted Turner to paint it, what kind of mood he, he, he was in. You might even know um, about the person who made the frame, if you're good enough at contemplation, and what was in their mind when they made it. Because you can start to, to receive from that painting, not just the physical effects that you're looking at, but the mental impressions that are embedded in the ethers of that object. And many... Would, re would regard that as very advanced meditation. They'd use the word meditation. Mm. We wouldn't, actually. And Mars Sector 6 takes that, and Dr. King particularly, to an even higher stage than contemplation. But you'd, you'd have tremendous knowledge as a contemplator of the whole history of the painting and all the elements, the physical elements, and, and, and the mental elements connected with it. Uh, and that's the capability, if you take it far enough, of real contemplation. Well, thank you for explaining that. Yes, and then at that point we can realize the true inner meaning of whatever it is that we're contemplating upon. Mm -hmm. um, so in the, ne the next part, after the break, we're going to um, continue with these steps towards uh, enlightenment. And mm -hmm. so I, I'd, I think we should hand over now to Courtney, the pro who's producing the show, who will give the announcements. Thank you, guys. You're listening to Aetherius Radio Live with hosts Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze discussing the nine freedoms and today the topic of enlightenment. I also want to remind you, just like Richard and Chrissy mentioned earlier in the show, Saturday, February 22nd, there will be a class at the Aetherius Society in Rural Oak, Kundalini Pranayama Visualization, hope I pronounced that right, Power Your Breathing with Gary Blaze. It is $15, and it's from 2 to 4 p.m., and the address is 3119 North Campbell Road with host, <coughs> with host Richard Lawrence. Richard Lawrence is an extraordinary person with a quiver of talents and gifts honed through the lifetimes. Currently, he is a spiritual teacher, international best-selling author, and executive secretary of the Aetherius Society for Europe and Africa. You can connect with him at richardlawrence.co.uk. And host Christy, Chrissy Blaze is an ordained priest in the International Metaphysical Organization, the Aetherius Society. Chrissy is an international speaker who has taught prayer and directed intention as a powerful method of global and personal healing to thousands of people. She is the author of eight published books, including her latest, Deeper Into Love. You can connect with her at chrissyblaze.com. And to find out more about the Aetherius Society, please visit aetherius.org. And I believe, Richard, you have an announcement as well. Yes, I've got a couple actually, Courtney, and, and, and jolly nice to be working with you, by the way. I think this is our first time with you, so that's great. Thank you very um, much. 
<laughs> Thank you. Um, first of all, we, we, I mentioned a program we have in our temple and some of the events that are coming up in it, and we have a beautiful new brochure just being printed and available. So anyone who's maybe even visiting London or anywhere near London who might be coming through sometime this year, uh, you'd be very welcome to receive a copy of our, our program, and uh, that you can get, of course, uh, you can get into touch with us through the website um, or indeed through our phone number, 020-7736-4187. And also, Courtney, I was going to mention that I'm very pleased to say in my hand is a just-printed second edition of the book I was honoured to co-author with Dr. George King, Contact with the Gods from Space. That's the last book that he wrote uh, that was published in his lifetime. And it's come out again. We've sold out of that, so we've got a new edition of that, uh, with a new Ford, a new afterward, um, and a new index, and it's a beautiful job, I must say, that's been done on the printing of that. And we're going to be launching quite a campaign around that uh, very important message that Dr. King decided to put out in the latter months of his life, actually, uh, as a way for people to understand really what his mission had been about, and that's contact with the gods from space. It'll be coming out also on Kindle, I believe, in the not-too-distant future. Thank you. Well, I'd like to congratulate you, Richard, for that um, reprinting of that fantastic book, Contacts with the Gods from Space. And Richard has a long and incredible background in this whole subject. And I really urge you to um, pick up a copy of this book. It really is fantastic. If you have any interest at all in you know, UFOs, life on other planets, um, extraterrestrial contacts through the ages, then this is the handbook. You can you can study this book and you can go anywhere and talk with um, with great intelligence to anybody about these subjects. It really is a great book. And I must say, Christy, speaking as one author to another, you really will understand this. Of all the books that I've contributed to in any way, this is the one that will always be closest to my heart because mm. it's the one that I did with Dr. King. I think that's the supreme honor that could be afforded to any writer to actually co-author a book with Dr. George King, being who he was, the cosmic avatar that he was. And, and of course, it was done on his watch, as it were. It was done, I realize your inner potential had his full approval and agreement and was started and approved and the whole format agreed in his lifetime, but some of it had to be completed posthumously. But this book was actually out there while he was alive. We did a massive campaign that you were involved in, Chrissy, while he was alive, and mm -hmm. not just in, in Europe, but in America too and elsewhere, and uh, New Zealand as well, I believe. And, uh, you know, it was just, he, it thrilled him, he loved it, uh, the whole thing, he wasn't able to do it himself because of his health at that point, uh, but he had it in his own hand, and, and the, so it's very, very special, I must say, to me as well. Well, thank you for sharing that, Richard. Uh, let's continue, shall we, with the transmission? Please do. And the next Please do. step. The next essential step he can then take, and that is psychic man, uh, the next essential step he can then take is the transmutation of mental energies upon the plane of inspiration called high intuition. This is brought about by strict control and the manipulation of the individual's karmic pattern through service and so on. That, Chrissy, is one of my favorite paragraphs. As a matter of fact, I know it off by heart and have done for years. 
uh, in there. Not, I'm not saying it's the most important that's in the book, but just to me personally, because it's exactly where I'm at. It's, it's work in progress for me, that paragraph. And uh, it's, um, it's very fascinating, I think. The next essential step he can take is the transmutation of mental energies upon the plane of inspiration called high intuition. And, you know, it's an interesting way of putting it. It's, it's, if you read, for example, the aphorisms of Patanjali and some of the old, and many of the yoga works by Sivananda, Vivekananda, Yogananda, are based around that, in, in this field anyway, in this area of Raja Yoga and Enlightenment and so on. Um, you know, it's a certain approach that you see there. But here you have, I think, a very new age approach to this. It's the same thing exactly, but in a different way, the transmutation, not the suppression or even the detachment from, but the transmutation of mental energies upon the plane of inspiration called high intuition. So, yes, you need to be inspired, but you need to be inspired at the high intuitive level. I mean, there are many ways of being inspired. You can be inspired at a high level. You can be inspired at a low level. But if you're inspired at the level of high intuition... And then you bring about a transmutation. In other words, you move beyond, if you like, mentality itself at the highest levels. Then, of course, you're going on to this next stage, which is, is, is referred to. And then he says very simply, it's brought about by strict control. Now, that's uh, quite an enormous thing to bring about. Strict control of behavior uh, and conduct and thought at every level. That's why I say it's work in progress for me. And the manipulation of the individual's karmic pattern through service, so that's what he picks out, service. You can't do this, I think he's saying, well he is saying, unless you serve. That's a departure from some of some of the older teachings. And then three of my favorite words, as you know, Chrissy, and <laughs> so on. And to me, they're very significant. I think they're brilliantly put, and so on. <laughs> I think in, in, the, in that phrase and so on, he's saying there are other things that you have to do. This is how I see it anyway. Uh, it will vary from person to person what those things are exactly. They aren't really worthy of mention. They aren't worth specifying in the same way as strict control and, and, and manipulation of the karmic pattern through service. But they do have to be done. And we know in our lives there are many things we just have to do. Uh, some of them very mundane. So he doesn't bring the text down, as it were, by itemizing all the many things. And, of course, different people will have a different amount of and so on to do. But the, he puts it in the right context while not pretending that it doesn't exist. I think it's extremely balanced. reminds me, uh, if you're familiar with the I Ching, of the hexagram, number 62, which is preponderance of the small. And it's interesting, if you get that one, there is a time when you have to deal with the small things of life. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, I think there's a wonderful quote, um, and it goes something like this, not quite right, but the same God that created the sun also created the flight of the blackbird. You know, one has to do it all, um, yeah. but he puts it in its right perspective. Well, thank you so much for that dissertation on the three words and so on <laughs> yes i could do a whole broadcast on and so on but i'm not, I'm not sure how appealing a lecture entitled and so on would be but there you are that's very very interesting thank you so much okay 
So I'll continue, and um, you know, there's so much to say and so little time, but we'll continue. Mm. The next stage. At this stage, he is then capable of meditation. Through such meditation, the aspirant opens the door even wider so that the brilliant, everlasting vibration of enlightenment may forever surround him. These are I the think... Ascent- sorry, I'm Chris, sorry. go on, please. You wanted to comment on, on that. I did. I, I just wanted to say that meditation, and I mean, I've talked about it, you've talked about it, is one of those words now that means so many different things to different people, as does the word love, at all levels. One person saying, I love you, and, and perhaps putting up a victory sign, if they're a celebrity, <laughs> could, could be very different from someone who's willing to sacrifice their life for someone because they love them so much. And likewise with meditation, it can be to some people a very simple thing of relaxation almost. But this isn't the meditation that Mars at Six is talking about, not at all. There is all the difference in the world from the peace which is brought about through relaxation and the peace which is brought about through realization. And this meditation is an advanced state. Dr. King goes into it, actually, in the text with a brilliant description from a Kundalini point of view. And I know Gary's going to talk a bit about Kundalini and his workshop. Uh, it's, it's something we probably haven't got time to do real justice to. I recommend the description in the Fourth Freedom by Dr. King of exactly what that state is. He, does, he analyzes it technically, almost clinically, as it goes through each center, and yet with tremendous feeling, this is an extremely advanced state. It's one that he was aware of before he was ever contacted by beings from other worlds uh, in terms of the command that he started his mission. Uh, He was entering a state. He knew even then that others didn't understand his idea of meditation, even those in the the people with whom he mixed before he started the society. Uh, And... uh, it's a very, but one thing I would like to say, though, Chris, if I may quickly, is that it is a universal state. A lot of people think it's something you can only find in the East or maybe in mm. some monastery or something. It isn't. I mean, I, I'd just like to read an extract from a poem that Wordsworth wrote, which is published in God's Guides and Ar- Guardian Angels, the book I, I co-authored with Mark Bennett. And he describes this. He talks about that blessed mood in which the burden of the mystery in which the heavy and the weary weight of all this unintelligible world is lightened, that serene and blessed mood in which the affections gently lead us on until the breath of this corporeal frame and even the motion of our human blood almost suspended, we are laid asleep in body and become a living soul with an eye made quiet by the power of harmony and the deep power of joy, we see into the life of all things. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's amazing. But I think what's amazing about that is that when Wordsworth wrote that in the 18th century, he had, and that's a, a, an ode on Tintern Abbey, I think it is, um, he had no uh, you know, accessibility to any yoga teachings or advanced Eastern teachings, he wasn't even taught about the third eye. But he still knew about it. He didn't say eye was made quiet by the power. He knew it was an eye because he experienced Mm -hmm. it. And I think that's rather beautiful because it shows that this is a universal state that people through their different paths, their different journeys, can discover 
And he must have discovered it in order to be able to write that, um, you know, where he became virtually immobile, we assume. And that is, of course, part of the, the state, one of the effects of the state, of true meditation. And the, the first part of that is almost like a dissertation on that word vibration of enlightenment, uh, which yes. is, is very interesting. It Everlasting is. Everlasting vibration of enlightenment. Yes, exactly. Not thought, but vibration. Very different, yes. So, uh, continue, Richard. We have, um, we have time to continue. Yes. So, mm. these are the essential steps to enlightenment. This is, there is not an easy path. Some passages are shorter, yet more dangerous than others. This you know. The freedom enlightenment is the fruit which can be cultivated in the spiritual garden of terrestrial man. If he tends it with sufficient care, sufficient kindness, sufficient patience, sufficient tolerance, if he tends it with intelligence, if he tends it by manipulating his karmic pattern through the right service, this will grow, blossom, and will bear all fruits. Heed ye well, terrestrial. Yes, I think it's just, and we are, we are running out of time in a way, but I, I think it's important, it's interesting, and so balanced that Mars Sector 6 does, it's almost like a warning there, I think, that we've got to use care, we've got to be careful with this. We've got to be kind to others and kind to, in a degree to ourselves. It's not done through any sort of force. It's done in a kind way. Uh, we have, may have to force ourselves to do certain things, yes. Uh, it's done with sufficient patience. That's something which is quite difficult, especially when you're very attuned, uh, very psychic, very aware, very inspired. It becomes more difficult to be patient. As a matter of fact, uh, it, it can be more difficult for a more, should we say, intelligent person to be patient sometimes than it is for someone who thinks more slowly, but absolutely essential. And I think that and, and this is a great balance that Mars Sector 6 brings into this in that passage. Absolutely. These are the ways to your freedom. These are the signs which mark the stony path. These are the tests which you will be given. Mark them well, follow them well, and success will be yours. Know this, enlightenment is freedom from ignorance. Ignorance is the result of the complication devised by terrestrial man. Therefore, enlightenment is simplicity. Note that. Use that as the text for your contemplation, and eventually, when meditation is possible, much will be revealed. Yes, I think that's very interesting. Enlightenment is simplicity, um, and it brings us back to some of the things we were saying right at the beginning. You know, that's a very good thing, and I've run workshops, and, uh, and I had the pleasure of having you there when I've done them before now, Chrissy, on this uh, journey to enlightenment, and used that as the text. Funnily enough, I was wondering what, what we could use to, you know, to contemplate upon. And, of course, we've given it there. Use that, says Master Sector 6, as the text for your contemplation. And enlightenment is simplicity. And if you really do do that, you'll be amazed, and things will become very clear. It's not always easy, but it's very clear. A lot of the stuff that we, we do is just purely a deviation uh, and, and takes us away 
from enlightenment, which is there, if we will only just go with it. Yes, absolutely. Note this also, enlightenment cannot dawn while the clouds of indiscrimination cover the skies of your mentality. Discriminate. You have been told how to do this. Do it and go into enlightenment. Yeah, what do you th- you want to comment on discrimination, Chrissy? Because it's certainly needed, isn't it? It really is. Of course, it the word itself has a, a bad connotation to most um, it does. because, uh, and um, I think, unfortunately, because discrimination or discernment, if you prefer to call it that, but here we call it discrimination, is essential on the spiritual path because there will be so many things and so-called teachers and teachings which will try and lead us into this complication away from the uh, simplicity of enlightenment. And so, uh, and earlier on, um, Mars Sector 6 uh, uh, tells us to tend this with intelligence. And so mm-hmm. it's so important to not suspend our intelligence uh, as right. we go along the spiritual path, but to use it and uh, I know this is the subject, too, that you have uh, given many, many uh, dissertations on also. It's something that you feel very strongly about, too, Richard. I do, because there's a sort of thing out there, and it goes something like this. Some parts of the New Age movement, this is my truth and this is your truth, and they're both true. <laughs> you know. And right. sometimes I'm afraid they aren't. They can't both be true. Now, it doesn't mean we shouldn't tolerate those we disagree with, That's a very different thing. Or those who have a different perspective, should we tolerate it? Yes, we should, absolutely. But they can't both be true. If one person says there is no life on Saturn and another person says there is life on Saturn, one of them is right and one of them is wrong. And I'm afraid in the New Age movement that's uncomfortable for some people, so they like to somehow suspend discrimination and live in a world where we'll all accept what we all each other believe well i'm afraid all that will happen as a result of that is confusion sorry to say it it's not always popular but it is it must be so and i think the reason for that might be that there's this feeling also that everybody has to just get along and be nice to each other but you know this isn't Love isn't being nice. I mean, yes, be nice, but it's not the be-all and end-all that everybody you has to agree with. You can't always be nice, other. unfortunately. No. And so this is a very, very important point, I think, especially in this kind of New Age movement today. We have to hone those powers of discernment, listen to them, mm-hmm. and use our intuition alongside our discernment, our discrimination. And use it with Aetherius Radio Live. I mean, we're making various statements to you for your consideration and you're open-minded enough to listen to us, but you'll have to decide whether you think that what we're saying is true or not. So you may not know for a while, and that's fine as well. Uh, but it, this is a, a matter for your discrimination and you testing it and trying it and seeing also, when you hear two different teachings, which one is more important. That's a two is discrimination. Is it more important? Whatever I like, whatever I want, 
to be trying doing something which could be saving the whole planet and the whole planetary race or is it more important for example that I learn to do some form of alternative medicine and so on not that you can't do both of course you can but you, you, you know what I'm saying you have to make these judgments and use your discrimination to see how you can make the biggest difference absolutely I'd just like to finish then um, the next few, uh, the next portion of this transmission. While you slip like one of your animals from place to place, chewing here and there, you will not gain enlightenment. I have instructed you before to choose well, then stand fast in order to know God. This you must be prepared to do. This is a, a wonderful aphorism of this great yes. Lord of Karma. Choose well, stand fast, know God. Absolutely. Uh, again, again, ultimate simplicity and uh, worthy of our contemplation. Mm-hmm. And, and the last part. Note this, I speak of freedom, not petty free will. There is a God of difference. Serve, manipulate your karmic pattern. Then you will be allowed to walk through the dawn of enlightenment. All transmissions now discontinued. And I know Richard... Amazing uh, words. Yes. Perhaps you'd like to comment on, uh, as a last comment, I think, before the announcements, on freedom and free will. Yes, they are. I mean, free will, of course, is something we have, and it's something people really value. And it's amazing how much they do value it. We have a transmission from a being from Jupiter, and he said in it that you, you wouldn't put your feet, I think he said, in a basin of acid, and yet you do worse than that with your souls. And it's amazing what people will do just to cling on to their free will. And yet the whole point of free will is that we have to let it go. Uh, we have to use our free will to let it go, but only then will we really discover true freedom. That's really something I think we can leave with our listeners to contemplate on between now and next month when we'll be covering the next step, the wonderful step, cosmic consciousness, even higher than the stage of enlightenment. Well, thank you so much, Richard, for your commentary today, and um, thank you all the listeners out there for tuning in, and do mark down this date, the third uh, Tuesday next month, uh, as Richard said. And over to Courtney now. Thank you, Courtney, for being with us for the closing announcements. Thank you so much. Uh, Chrissy and Richard, where can our listeners find this transcript so that they can view it or read it for themselves? Chrissy, would you like to answer that? Um, well, that they are available from the Aetherius Society's website, aetherius.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S. And uh, they are available for sale, the lectures on the nine freedoms, as well as the actual transmissions themselves. Thank you so much. You have been listening to Ethereus Radio Live with host Richard Lawrence. You can connect with him at richardlawrence.co.uk and host Chrissy Blaze. You can connect with her at chrissyblaze.com. We would like to remind you that Ethereus Radio Live is your cosmic connection the third Tuesday of each month, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Central, 11 a.m. Mountain, 10 a.m. Pacific, and 18 General Mountain Time. And you can find out more 
about the Ethereus Society and go ahead and visit their website, like Chrissy just said, at ethereus.org. And we'd like to thank you all for joining us today. Was there anything you guys would like to add? Yes, well, I, I'd just add that, um, you know, just to close, that enlightenment, you know, a truly enlightened person, of course, is the first person to say that they're not truly enlightened, that there's greater enlightenment. And as we're going to find, as we pursue the nine freedoms to the various higher freedoms, there are higher, higher, and higher stages of enlightenment. Uh, this is really uh, an unfolding journey in our whole path back to the absolute ultimately through various forms of, of realization so there's this wonderful evolutionary journey we're given through the nine freedoms but here on earth the state of enlightenment we've been talking about today which comes of course as a result of concentration contemplation and then meditation and in meditation it's no longer what we feel or what we pick up we start to know that upon which we meditate we can know and we get a kind of an abstract knowledge about it more even than that painting I mentioned from Turner can reveal we start to know the whole purpose of that painting's existence so it's a wonderful unfolding journey Courtney and God bless all our listeners well thank you and thank you for allowing me to join you guys today and I wish you guys the best of luck and stay warm <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you, you.